What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Remember the Game. It is my retro gaming podcast where every week a buddy of mine and I sit down and we geek out about the games we played back in the day. My name is Adam Blank. Thank you so much for listening to the show. And this week it is episode 171. And we are talking about a game that is, if not our most requested game we've never covered on the podcast, it's top three at least, bare minimum. You guys have been talking about this fucking game forever. It's this month's Patreon poll winner. We are finally talking Diddy Kong Racing for the Nintendo 64. And uh, unfortunately, this is not one of the games being added to Nintendo Switch Online this week with all the Nintendo 64 titles popping up over there. But I do think it's going to find its way on there eventually. So if you listen to this and you sound excited about playing it, you're kind of fucked right now. I guess there is the 3DS version. Otherwise, you can play it on the 64 like I did, or you can wait for it to hopefully show up on the Nintendo Switch. Uh, I did go out and buy myself a physical copy for the Nintendo 64 just to play it for this podcast. And I'm telling you, it was the first time that I have played a game with a Nintendo 64 controller in, fuck, years and years and years. And I'll tell you guys, I still don't care for that Nintendo 64 controller. I'll die on that hill. But I... I think I might be in love with Diddy Kong Racing because this game is fucking excellent. I get why so many of you have been up my ass for so long to play it. Uh, My buddy, former Remember the Game Hall of Famer, Mark Tholomew McHugh, is my guest this week. And as soon as he saw that I was going to be playing Diddy Kong Racing, I think I posted the title screen on Instagram or something, and he was all over me, being like, I really want to come on the episode, I want to talk about it, and I get the passion, I get the hype, I fucking get it all now, I get it, this game is dope. Is it better than Mario Kart 64? Hmm, I don't know if I want to, I don't want to say, until I play some Mario Kart 64, because I haven't played that game in fucking 20 years either, uh, I don't want to lock in a pick, but I will say, the single player in Diddy Kong Racing absolutely is, and if someone wants to dig their heels in and say Diddy Kong Racing is just a better game than Mario Kart 64... I'm not going to argue with you about it. I don't know if I feel that way, but they're on the same tier as well. They belong in the same discussion. It's just, it's The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin. They're two of the greats. What a fucking, what an awesome video game. What a gem of a developer Rare was back in the day. And I know some people would say they're still good with Sea of Thieves, but back in the day with Diddy Kong Racing, Banjo-Kazooie, Conker's Bad Fur Day, the Donkey Kong Country games, GoldenEye, Perfect Dark, fucking Rare, man. What a gem. They are Jesus. And we'll get there in just a minute because speaking of gems, it's time for yet another edition of the Remember the Game infamous intro. And if you're new to the podcast, welcome aboard. Consider this your warning. Our intros are kind of long, but they're not boring. They're fun. It's video game talk. And it's, this is like the early races when you play a kart racer. This is like the 50cc races. Like no one's getting hurt. It's easy. Just grab a drink and fucking enjoy the ride, man. Uh, We have merchandise. We have hoodies, t-shirts, coffee mugs, posters, all kinds of tank tops, all kinds of cool shit. Rocking badass art. You can find it all at rememberthegamepodcast.com. And you can find the artist that Drew said badass art. Uh, over at 4545creative.com. If you're interested in any of it, it is a phenomenal way to support the show. And it's not all like show-centric. We have like our video game mashups where we took iconic gaming characters and squashed them together. We have our Console War Veteran shirt. We have our Never Forget the Sega Dreamcast shirt. Cool, cool stuff over there. Uh, And of course, if you don't like clothes, you can always just support us on Patreon. And listen, I'm going to do my Patreon plug, but on November 1st, I'm rolling out more 
Patreon content for everybody. Depending on what tier you support us at over there, you're going to have access not only to additional podcasts, but you're going to have access to exclusive Let's Play videos. You're going to have access to, uh, it's my Let's Play series, Adam Sucks at Video Games. We're going to be bringing it back exclusive to our Patreons. You're also going to have the ability to watch live streams of some of my podcast recordings, of my Let's Play recordings. I plan on running some streams over there where I'm playing games specifically for the podcast, like a Diddy Kong Racing or a Luigi's Mansion that I just finished. So the new content's going to be live beginning November 1st. I'll talk more about it next week. But in the meantime, two bucks a month is all it takes to get instant access to over a hundred bonus podcasts. And you'll get two additional episodes every week. You're going to get exclusive access to both my gaming discussion podcast expansion pass every Thursday and my gaming news podcast game patch every Friday. So on game patch, we look at all the biggest news in modern gaming, Xbox, PlayStation, and Nintendo. Uh, I add in my opinions and sprinkle in some profanity and stuff like that. And on Expansion Pass, we do a different podcast every week. Sometimes we do ranking episodes. We look back at various characters and consoles and genres. There's some comedy episodes in there. There's game reviews, which is what last week we did, uh, which is what we did last week. Derp derp. Uh, I reviewed Metroid Dread for the Nintendo Switch on last week's Expansion Pass. And my reviews, all my reviews on Expansion Pass are 100% spoiler free. I do shack or attack a short spoiler cast on at the end, but I warn you a thousand times before it starts. So you can listen to any of my uh, expansion pass reviews without having anything in the game ruined for you. Uh, and as is becoming tradition, here is a sneak peek of last week's episode of Expansion Pass, my Metroid Dread review. Man of Few Words brought up the Emmys, and I brought them up as well. Not the shitty award show, the EMMIs, these fucking robot human dog android things that were sent to the planet before you went there and they're almost the star of the show this time around and i i mean i guess maybe it's a spoiler to reveal that you interact with them but i i think everybody knows that i'm not going to explain really why you're interacting with them uh but you do have to deal with them and when you come across them like they kind of stalk you it's just and it's it's fucking just tense as shit it's awesome that dread dread is such a perfect word to explain whenever you go into an area and you know one of these motherfucking emmys is in there you get this sense of dread because you're like they will fuck you up if they get their hands on you and you can't kill them straight up, you can't fight them. So the game teaches you very early on to avoid them like the plague and run like a motherfucker if they find you. And I think it's the coolest part of the game. So that was last week's episode, and now for this week, it's the final Expansion Pass podcast for October, which means that the topic was in the hands of our patrons, and Scariest Enemies came out on top of our poll, which makes sense, you know, with the whole Halloween thing and everything going on. So that's what we're going to be talking about tomorrow on Expansion Pass, the scariest enemies in video games. Uh, so again, two bucks gets you instant access to all those podcasts, plus new ones, Plus, access to our Remember the Game Discord, the chance to vote in our Patreon poll at the beginning of every month, the ability to submit comments on all of our podcasts. You can DM with me, and you're going to get a shout-out and get to hear me mispronounce your name like I'm about to do to most of these people. A huge thank you to all of our newest Patreons, Elijah Burns, Alex Zimmery, Dark Aeon 85, Cody Foster, Darby Titus, Nicholas Kulik, Tim Russell, Stephen Parnell, Evan Naylor, Charlie Charlie, and Rashawn Finch. 
Thank you all so much and welcome to Remember the Game Industries. Uh, quick note, everybody, if you haven't signed up and you're hearing this and it's like October 27th, 28th, 29th, you're going to get hit the day you sign up and again on November 1st. So if you're like, man, I'd really like to listen to some of those bonus podcasts, just wait until November 1st. Give it a couple of days. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy Halloween. I just don't, I mean... If you want to sign up now, go ahead, but I don't want to see anyone get double dipped twice in like four days. They're going to charge you the day you sign up and on the first of the month. So if you wait till November 1st, you get a full month before you're going to get charged again. Patreon.com slash remember the game. Thank you all so much. And uh, that's enough blowing myself. Let's blow some of you by blowing in the cartridges. It is our opening segment here on the show. I read a few comments and questions from our Patreons, usually gaming related, but not always. And we do in fact call this segment blowing in the cartridge. He blows all right. He blows big time. That's it, honey. Get into the spirit. And we had two questions that kind of went together this week. So I'm going to answer both of them at once. Astro Alpica wrote in and said, Hey, Adam, you always complain about water levels because they fucking suck. But what do you, what about desert levels in video games? I hate the desert levels in Mario Brothers 3 and Super Mario 64. I think it's because of all the quicksand and the pissed off suns. In other video games, I also find the desert levels to be pretty tedious, even in Earthbound. What do you think? And Johnny CCDC wrote in and said, Hey, Adam, as we begin entering the cold months here on the east coast of the U.S., I was curious about your thoughts on ice and snow levels. So many people hate water stages. Is there a similar disdain for snow and ice levels? What are some ice and snow levels in gaming that you love and some that you hate? For me, I always loved the Donkey Kong Country snow levels and I hated them in Super Mario Brothers 3. So uh, it's it's funny because I read Astro. I just bit the side of my cheek as I was about to talk. That's that stumble there. How did I bite my cheek talking? Fuck. I don't know how I get out of bed sometimes, you guys. Fuck me. Um that my voice finds its way onto the internet every week is a miracle among miracles. Uh, so I read Astro's comment first and Astro was talking about how they, they hate the desert levels in games. I also fucking hate desert levels, but then I, and I was getting ready to rant about how traditionally I hate snow and ice levels as well. But then Johnny wrote in about those. So I hate water levels more than anything. I've never hidden that fact. 99% of water levels fucking suck. Swimming levels fucking suck. I don't know why game developers feel this fucking weird urge to just put, I feel like it's like a, it's like a, the, the video game gods are like, you can't release a platformer without at least two water levels. And they almost always suck taint. I hate them, but I do hate desert and ice levels as well. The thing is though, I hate water levels because they usually control like shit. And they're just not fun. Ice levels and desert levels, I just find boring by and large. It's not like, I don't mind the quicksand aspect. I don't mind the slippery ice levels in like, or the, there's like the slippery ground in ice levels. Neither of those bother me. I hate how monotone the screen gets. Like when you're in a desert level, it's all that yellow, brown kind of gold desert color. And it's just boring to look at. Ice levels are always all white, which is like the boringest thing to look at. And there's some great ice levels, man. Mario, you know what? Mario 64, like the fucking, the, the, the snow level where you can kill the baby penguin is one of the highlights of that entire fucking game. I love that shit. I don't hate Iceland. I would I prefer Iceland in Mario Brothers 3 to Desertland in Mario Brothers 3. I I just like I think they're fun to play. They're just so fucking boring to look at. I want like a big bright colorful game. And every game seems to have at least I will say if you ask me to choose what do I hate more desert levels, swimming levels or snow and ice levels, swimming levels are by far the worst then desert, and then snow and ice. Because I usually enjoy the platforming on snow and ice levels. And Johnny's right. The Donkey Kong Country snow and ice levels are fucking gorgeous. They're not even boring to look at. 
Whereas like in other franchises, they're boring to look at. But desert levels, there's no way to not make those levels look unboring. So I don't like I don't like either one. I like my platformers just with grass and fucking rocks and castles and shit and the sky. There's my voice crack for the week. Just bright and colorful. Don't, they don't have to be monotone. Fuck that shit. Um, it doesn't help, dude. Uh, oh no, I was going to say in Mario three, it doesn't help that the ice level follows giant land, which is the best land in the game, but Skyland follows giant land. The Skyland's not bad. Although the second half of Skyland is just like the Iceland. That's the problem with those two areas is because you go to the second half of, of Skyland where everything is white. Then you fucking go to the Iceland where everything is white. And it's just, by the time you get to pipe land in Mario three, you're like, thank fuck. It's just a color that isn't white for fuck's sakes. So there's my opinions on both of those levels. But swimming levels are worse than either one. Uh, Elijah Burns wrote in on Patreon and said, I heard you played Mother 3 and, of course, Earthbound. And I always wondered if you ever played the first Mother game. It's not the greatest in the world, but it's an insanely impressive RPG for the NES. I would actually put it above Final Fantasy 1, but that might be a little controversial. I love the Mother series, and I even have a picture of me dressed as Ness with Chum Lee from Pawn Stars signing my diploma with an F. Lutz. <laughs> what the fuck? Also, is there a Mother 3 review from you somewhere? I'm brand new to the Patreon. Well, first off, thanks you for signing up for the Patreon, Elijah. Welcome to the community. Second of all, I love the idea that <laughs> I never thought I would say all those words in a sentence. I love, I have a picture of me dressed as Ness from Earthbound with Chum Lee from Pawn Stars signing my diploma with an F+. What the fuck? Uh, so I have played Mother 3. I have played Earthbound. I, I did get earthbound or beginnings or whatever it was called remember i think it was on the wii u they released like the the port of the nes version of earthbound i just never got around to playing it so i have not played i can't i think i played for like 20 minutes and it wasn't even that i didn't like it i just never got around to going back to it and i don't have my wii u anymore so uh i have not played the original mother but i do love earthbound i do love mother 3 uh, you asked if there's a Mother 3 review for, from me somewhere. There is not. When I originally played it, my buddy Chris got me a, an English translated copy for the Game Boy Advance for a birthday present. And I played it and it was rad and I wanted to review it. And I never did because I was worried that I would spoil it for everybody. Because I know how many people have not played Mother 3 because as we all infamously know it never got its English translation and got brought over here to North America. So maybe at some point I'll go back and give it a spoiler free review. If that's something everyone's interested in, I will say if you've not played it, there's a certain, I think I've talked about this before, but there's uh, some characters in the game that are just tongue in cheek. Like they're just trying to have fun. But I think by today's standards, they wouldn't go over very well with, you know, the way society, and I'm not, I'm not taking a dig at like, Oh, everyone's fucking offended by everything. That's not what I'm saying. Uh, I just think that that game hasn't aged well, some of the story content in it. And there are things that you couldn't, you'd have to basically re like rewrite some of the game to get rid of them. And if you did that, I think people that know about it would then shit on Nintendo for removing these characters. And so I think that's exactly like, for everyone that's like, why are we getting Mother 3? When are we going to get Mother 3? I'm telling you, I have no doubt. Like now that I've played it, those characters are why we're, we're not getting Mother 3. Because Nintendo's like, that game is not going to make us enough money to deal with the fucking headaches. And they're probably right. So uh, I have I've not played the original one. I don't have a review of Mother 3 up anywhere right now. But that might be something I'd look at down the road if everyone is interested. Fuck. Dressed up as Ness with a picture of Chum Lee. That's... <laughs> Fuck me. I like Chum Lee too. Uh, every time I go to my mom and dad's house, they have Pawn Stars on. I swear to God, they have like, that's all they watch is just reruns of fucking Pawn Stars. And then all they do is sit around and talk about how stupid it is, but they just keep fucking watching it. 
Uh, Gregory Harvey wrote in on Patreon and said, Hey Adam, I just read a story about how Sega has canceled all plans for making a Sonic Mania 2. Do you think this is the right move by Sega? Or do you think that they're missing out on the chance of creating a sequel to one of the best Sonic games ever created? Okay, first of all, it's the best Sonic game ever created. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's fucking awesome. I did not see that story that Sega canceled all plans of making a Sonic Mania 2, but that fucking sucks. Now I will say, I know that we all know they, they announced, I remember where they announced it. It was at the game awards or maybe at E3 somewhere. At some point they announced that they're making a new Sonic game. And it's, I'm assuming a big 3d next gen, probably open world, which I think sounds awesome. I always think of a game like ghost of Tsushima and imagine ripping around a big open field like that as Sonic the Hedgehog and being able to get across the whole map in a matter of seconds. Cause you're going so fast. That sounds fucking awesome. So maybe the reason they're, they're tanking, Sonic Mania 2 is because they're working on that and if that's the case it's like all right it's your franchise let's I mean by and large Sonic has done very poorly in 3D so let's see how you make out with them this time I would have preferred just Sonic Mania 2 but at the same time Sonic Mania is almost perfect so maybe they were just like you know what we can't top this anyway let's just fucking cut our losses that's very just I'm gonna look that up after this podcast because that's very disappointing to me uh Silver Grunion wrote in and said hello Hey, Silvered. Uh, what are some features you'd like to see implemented into future wrestling games, specifically the WWE 2K series? I feel about wrestling games the way you feel about baseball games, and I'd like to see them take the next step with things like the double-ringed war games match or even an old-school scaffold match. What are some features you'd like to see implemented? I'd also accept things you'd like to see return, like special referees and brawling in Times Square on a helicopter like we could back in Here Comes the Pain on the PS2. Thanks. I love the show. Everyone should join your Patreon and or also Canada. Well, okay, we don't have enough room for everybody here in Canada, so you can't come here. I do not want the brawl, the brawling in Times Square on a helicopter back. You know what I would love to see? You know what would get, because I haven't bought, I used to buy WWE 2K every year, and I stopped years ago because I was like, this game fucking kind of sucks. And you know what would get me to buy WWE 2K again is a good career mode. And I know there's, like, I like to play, like, the GM mode where I can build my own shows and everything like that. But just give me, like, a great career mode that plays by all the real rules. Make whoever wins the Royal Rumble the main event guy at WrestleMania and the main event girl at WrestleMania every year and build up a storyline to it. Make the money in the bank a real thing and then have that person just constantly teasing they're going to cash in and you never know when they're going to cash in imagine if you were controlling the champion and you never knew for anyone that's not a wrestling fan i know this doesn't make any sense but imagine if you were the champion and you never knew when the money in the bank winner was going to cash in i would love to see stuff like salary caps and signing contracts and free agents like you get in like a mlb or madden or anything like that let me look at in-depth histories of all my titles and who's won them and how long they held them and where they had them and lost that's the number one thing that i want in a WWE game because I'm a nerd and that's stuff that I like to do. I used to do it by, by hand. I used to have like a big binder and I would write down all my win-loss records and my title histories and my stats back when we would play the games on the Nintendo 64 and stuff like that. Uh, I'd also like to see the War Games match added. I think that'd be fucking awesome. Um, and you know what? Actually, just a game that works would be fucking cool. I don't know if 2K's got that in them, but just a game that doesn't break would be fucking awesome. Uh, thanks, Grunion. Uh, Steven P- Parnell wrote in, I, it's, I have a friend named Steven Darnell. So that's fucking, I don't, maybe that, maybe you, that's fucking me up. But Steven Parnell wrote in on Patreon and said, Hey Adam, love the podcast. Keep up the good work. Thanks, Steven. What's one game from each console that you'd like to see remade with today's graphics? So I'm not going to do every console because that would obviously take forever. I'd like to do an expansion pass on this eventually, but just a few of the, like my favorite childhood consoles off the top of my head uh, for the NES 
Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the first Ninja Turtles game. Just remake it and make it more playable to people. Uh, for the Super Nintendo, uh, I'll say Final Fantasy IV, and I just want it remade in the same art style as uh, Octopath Traveler. For the Genesis, I actually think most Genesis games look fucking really good. Too. You know what? Shining Force. Remake Shining Force and just make it prettier. That's all. For the Nintendo 64, WWF No Mercy. I don't have to think twice about that one. Uh, for the PlayStation 1, Metal Gear Solid or Twisted Metal. Uh, those are the ones I'll go. And that's basically all the like old school consoles that I, I know. So those are the ones. Those are my picks. Uh, I hope that works. I'm, we're going to do a full episode on that eventually. But thanks, Steven. Uh, we're going to wrap this up right away. There's I owe, I, Before we get to letter time, though, I owe an apology. Master Boyg wrote in on Patreon and said, Hey, Adam, I just wanted to ask you about my friend Peppa Pig, since I feel like I'm missing something. Right after I listened to your last episode of Game Patch on Friday, I scooped up my friend Peppa Pig, since you highly recommended it on your show and your sales recommendations. I didn't really know what it was, but I've gone in blind based on your recommendations before, so I just pulled the trigger on this mystery game. It was okay, but I beat it in less than two hours. I guess it's all right if you of little kids but it wasn't worth the money for me what makes this game so special in your opinion am i missing something boyg i am sorry uh that was just i was just fucking around because i like i like saying peppa pig i like that stupid show i do i did but i didn't i i didn't i swear to god i'm not trying to be like a false humility or or joking i didn't know anyone really listened to me so i owe you a sincere i was just fucking kidding master boyg having said that i'm glad that you said it was okay and it'd be good for little kids um but now i'm not gonna buy it now that i know that uh i fuck dude i'm <laughs> dm me if you want on page i'm sorry man i i was out from oops, sorry i just punched my microphone because i'm trying so hard to apologize in the future i'll make sure to note when i'm just fucking around on my suggestions or if it's an actual suggestion oh i feel like a piece of shit now sorry boyg and finally before we move on it's letter time it's letter time and ryan kinchin wrote in on Patreon and said, with the GTA trilogy finally getting a release date of November 11th, do you think people's hesitancy to pick this collection up based on whether or not the original soundtracks are in the game is justified? I played all these games into the dirt when I was younger, and oftentimes if I wasn't running around doing missions or going on some crazy murdering spree, I would just be cruising around whatever city I was in, jamming out to or laughing at the talk radio stations. The soundtracks for these games are iconic, and it's not like Take-Two and Rockstar can't afford to relicense the music for these games. Would something as small or or big as that be enough to steer you away from picking up a remaster of a game you loved growing up? Um, you know what? It, that's a good question, Ryan. So there's been a ton of people that are saying if the soundtracks aren't attacked, I don't want them. I won't lie to you. The only games I can think of where that would be an issue for me is Tony Hawk and GTA. And because those soundtracks are so good and particularly when it comes to GTA, you nailed it. It's certainly not that Rockstar and Take-Two can't afford to relicense the music in those games. The music in those games is such a big fucking deal. And especially when they're charging full price. And I don't, listen, I know a lot of people complain about how much game developers charge for their games. I rarely complain about the price game developers charge because we've all got the option to buy it or wait for it to go on sale or pick up a used copy. If you don't want to pay full price, that's fine. But in this instance, you are taking three pretty old games and you're charging full price for the three of them. I want the soundtracks, particularly when you took down the old versions where we can't buy them anymore that had the soundtracks in them. I just played San Andreas a few months ago for the podcast and it has the full soundtrack in it. Uh, yes, personally, it would steer me away. 
at least from paying, like I'm probably not going to pay full price for these anyway. I have too much to play. I'm not interested in the Grand Theft Auto games right now. But when it comes time for me to get around to them, if I ever do, uh, if the soundtracks aren't intact in them, I'm not paying full price for it. Just straight up. Uh, this is one of those instances where they've got more money than they know what to do with. And yeah, if you want my money, then I want the soundtracks. So personally, that is a big deal. Like, it's, I can't even think of many other like, I mean, even Tony Hawk, as great as like the soundtracks from those games were, if they were to take new bands and put the music in, I could probably live with that. I'd be like, yeah, it's a new game. It's a new remaster. You want to show bands some love. I get that. But Grand Theft Auto, you know, I was going to say Vice City, but three Vice City San Andreas. No, I, I want the fucking old school soundtracks or I'm not paying 60 bucks for those games. That's just me. But I know I'm not the only one that feels that way. And maybe I'm wrong, but I have not seen confirmation that the full soundtracks are in them yet. I... They must know. So I'm 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 gonna Google it. I never do this while I'm doing remember the game. But I'm gonna look right now and see Grand Theft Auto Definitive Edition soundtrack. Uh Will the Definitive Edition remasters feature the original soundtracks? Will the original Um See they're not saying yeah, that really like the fact that they're not saying it makes me think we're not getting the full music. And if we're not getting the full music, I'm maybe the wrong person to ask because I'm not the world's biggest Grand Theft Auto fan to begin with. So I don't know if I'd be playing these games, but uh, that they're not saying like if the full soundtracks were in it, they'd be saying it. So that we'll see. I don't know. I'm not going to speculate about whether or not they're going to be in it, but to answer your question, yes, I do think it's justified to be hesitant to pick them up without the full soundtracks. And personally, I won't be not at full price. So thanks to everyone that wrote in this week. I appreciate it very much. I know I can't read all the comments. We get so many now. It's awesome. We have listeners. This is like the man having listeners to a podcast. is like the greatest thing in the world, but we get like 30, 40 comments a week and I just, I can't get to all of them, but keep writing in. I appreciate it. Uh, let's change things up and let's get into our smash hit segment. Play one, remake one, erase one. And a huge thank you to Classic Concentration from the NES for unknowingly providing us with the theme music for the show. Uh, the rules are simple. Every week, I give our listeners three retro video games. They can play one as it was released. They can remake one as a modern game. The third game is a race from time forever. As always, there is no wrong answer. There is a right one. We'll get there in just a minute. And I've been playing a lot of Gunstar Heroes over the last few days, getting ready for a future episode of Remember the Game. So I thought, let's have a run and gun edition. Of this, And so our nominees this week are Contra 3, The Alien Wars, Gunstar Heroes, and Metal Slug 3. And I always hope the poll is going to be close. It's very difficult to come up with three games that kind of fit into the same tier, the same, some kind of category, you know. Uh, but I nailed it. This is the closest poll we've ever had. Last place of six possible answers. Last place had 14% of the votes. The winner had 22%. So out of six options, there was an 8% difference from first to last. That's fucking incredible. And the official winner with 22% of the vote from our Patreons was Play Contra 3, Remake Gunstar Heroes, and Erase Metal Slug 3. Uh, fuck that. <clears throat> that's just that's not what I would do. I'll tell you what I would do in a minute. Let's, uh, let's see what a few of you have to say for yourselves here. First, Cody Poland 
wrote in on Patreon and said, based solely on the box art, best to worst, since I haven't played any of these, play Metal Slug, Remake Contra, Erase Gunstar Heroes. That's not the order that I would go in if I was actually playing, remaking, and erasing, Cody. But I will say, if you're just ranking them in order from best to worst box art, I, I think I agree. Metal Slug, Contra, Gunstar, Gunstar Heroes. The box art kind of sucks. I'm just going to be, I like that game a lot, as you're going to hear in a minute, but the box art kind of sucks. Black Silver wrote in and said, I'm surprised by how few people actually want to erase Contra 3 considering all the hate it seems to get. I'd remake it. I really do enjoy this game, but it could use a bit of polishing. I'm going to play Metal Slug 3. This game is great as is, so no need for a remake anyway. And honestly, I've never played Gunstar Heroes. I wouldn't erase it simply for that, but because the other two games are already too good to get rid of. Um, you know what? I, I will see. I thought the opposite black silver. I thought that Contra three, I thought a lot of people love that game. And I'll be frank, as you're about to hear, I don't love that game. I love Contra Contra and super C on the NES are fucking two of my favorite games ever, but Contra, I fucking don't like Contra three. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a little surprised, uh, that more people aren't sticking up for it, quite frankly. Because I really thought more people liked that game. Jay Hampton wrote in and said, I'm going to play Gunstar Heroes. It's a great game, and I just finished it for the first time ever, and I loved it. I'm going to remake Contra 3 because I could never get into Contra, and maybe with a remake, I could finally enjoy it. Last but not least, Metal Slug 3 can be buried six feet under our feet, as it is by far the worst game out of the three, even with me not liking Contra. I respect that people absolutely love it, and I can't kill it for everyone. I'm just not that big of a dick. I, dude, I, so I'm the one of these I have not played as Metal Slug 3. I thought people really liked Metal Slug 3. This is wild. I'm seeing people being like, dude, Contra 3 is great. Contra 3 sucks. Metal Metal Slug 3 sucks. Metal Slug 3 is good. I, I'm floored at the variety of it. I really can't believe how, uh, how many different opinions we fucking got on these three games ninja lunchbox 79 wrote in and said whoa whoa come on these three games are absolutely awesome this is tough i'm gonna play gunstar heroes this game is perfect as it is do not touch it one of the few genesis titles that i'll still take out and play to this day i'm gonna remake metal slug 3 maybe a modern day remake is in need to save this franchise don't get me wrong i love metal slug and then erase contra 3 this franchise is one of my favorites my love for tough as nail difficult games was born from this franchise but this entry i rarely play today erase it and make an snes game like the first contra i actually agree with that logic i would also like to see an snes contra that just plays like the original nes ones i think this weird fetish i have for at least some i've talked about dark souls and how i'm terrified of dark souls but by and large i do really enjoy difficult video games and contra and battletoads and Mega Man are three of the reasons i got so into those all on the nes i Super Contra 3 just doesn't play as well as them. I can't be convinced of that. Pee pee poo poo cuckoo pants wrote in and said, uh, play Gunstar Heroes since I've never played it before and it looks pretty rad. It is. Remake Contra 3 because I like this game, but I always felt it needed tighter controls. A remake might actually make it possible to finish. And then erase Metal Slug 3 because even though I do like this series, I know there's a bunch of them and I think erasing one wouldn't be the end of the world. Exactly, pee pee poo poo cuckoo pants. I just love saying that name. Contra 3 just needs tighter controls. It looks great, but it needs, it controls like ass. It needs better controls. And Thor the Hammered wrote in and said, I'm going to say play Gunstar Heroes because people will not shut up about this fucking game and I've never played it. So let's give it a go. Uh, I just played it for the first time, Thor. And yeah, it's, the hype's real, okay? Uh, going back to Thor's answers, remake Metal Slug 3. I love the look of this series, but I don't really give a shit about them. So let's remake in the style of Broforce, 
with Metal Slug Graphics. Broforce. It's a name I haven't heard in a while. And then sadly, Erase Contra 3. I honestly love this game, and I played it a lot as a kid. But if I'm going to play a Contra game, I'm playing Super C every time. So I will not really miss this game as much as I thought I would. Exactly. So that was a bunch of your answers. I love the variety this week. I love when it's close like this. Um, I wouldn't do any of those. I would do what 14% of you said you would do, including Makeshift Mallow Big Money Matt, who said, quote, Play Metal Slug. It's the Neo Geo's finest work, has an awesome art style, and is genuinely fun, tough but fair, fair. I can't wait for their Metal Slug Tactics spinoff. Remake Gunstar Heroes. I'd love to even just see the same game with some new graphics and more content wouldn't hurt. Erase Contra 3, mainly because I think the series as a whole is forgettable. I agreed with everything you had to say until saying Contra's forgettable. You're This is why you're a goddamn Mallow fan, you freak. But I, I agree, though. I, I would play Metal Slug 3 because I never have. But I hear it's absolutely spectacular. I love running gun games. And uh, unless I'm absolutely in love with the other two options any week, I'm almost always going to keep the one I haven't played so that I can play it. So I'm just going to play Metal Slug 3 as is. I'm going to remake Gunstar Heroes because I just finished it yesterday. And I agree exactly with what you just said, Makeshift. Uh, just better graphics and maybe a little bit more meat on the bone. There's your one per episode. But fucking guns, we're doing an episode on Gunstar Heroes very soon. And that game is going to get a fucking A+. Plus. I, I fuck that game is good. I'm going to race Contra 3 because uh, I just, I adore Contra and Super C on the NES, but I've never been able to get into Contra 3. And it's fucking wild because in almost every other instance, I love the way that the SNES upgraded their NES counterparts. Mega Man, Mario, Zelda, Kirby, Contra, Final Fantasy, Metroid, Punch-Out. I love the Super Nintendo version more than the NES versions of all of those games. But for some reason, Contra and Super C are so snare drum tight to play on the NES. They're perfect. Super C just feels so loose and sloppy and there's too much going on. And I, yeah, no, it can be erased. I don't, I don't even, I don't like that game. I can just erase it without even thinking twice about it. Thank you to everybody that wrote in and played. I'm glad it was so close this week. It's hard to come up with three that are going to stay close like that. I was proud of that. <clears throat> Excuse me. Let me just hydrate the old vocal. <laughs> I took a sip in the middle of saying vocal cords. I was that thirsty. Uh, what have I been playing? And then we're going to get into Diddy Kong Racing. Uh, I've been playing Gunstar Heroes on the Genesis Classics Collection. I just beat it yesterday. Uh, and I did it fair and square. No save states coming. No rewinding. I just beat it using the... End it offers you endless continues. So you just need to get good and have some patience. And I beat it. And fuck me, was I proud of it. Great game. We're recording an episode about it this week. So it'll be going live sometime in the next few weeks. That game's fucking awesome. Uh, I've been, dude, I've been playing a lot of video games over the last week. I finished Luigi's Mansion last night on the GameCube as well, including getting all 50 booze. Uh, another great fucking game that won this month's Patreon poll. So, uh, that episode we're going to be recording in a few days as well. And you'll be getting that in the next couple of weeks. Uh, I've been playing back for blood cause I fucking love that game. It is so much fun. I started playing the Nintendo 64 online last night. Um, I know some people have been complaining about it. It seemed okay to me. I only, I played a few races of Mario Kart and then I hopped into Ocarina of Time and beat the Deku tree or whatever the fuck it's called. And that seemed okay to me, but I'll, I'll give it more time and see. And then obviously I've been playing Diddy Kong racing. I finished a playthrough of the single player campaign. I got all 47 gold balloons. I did not do the time trial shit. I just was ready to move on, but I really liked it. I'll share my thoughts about that right now. Let's talk Diddy Kong racing. Uh, I like to give you guys a chance to share your opinions on the game before I ramble. Boognish 
wrote in on Patreon and said, this game is my jam. It's probably my most played Nintendo 64 game with Nintendo and Rare slash Microsoft playing nice these days. Uh, I really hope it finds its way into this Nintendo Switch Online expansion. I'm really curious if you end up putting this ahead of Mario Kart 64. Both are great games, but the adventure mode in Diddy Kong Racing puts it over the top for me. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll share my opinions on that in a minute. I do think this game finds its way onto the Nintendo Switch Online. Because you're right, Nintendo and Rare and Microsoft are all playing nice, and there's no way this game's going to end up on Xbox. So fucking, you might as well use... You got the file just sitting on a flash drive somewhere. Put it on Switch Online and let some people play it. This game's fucking awesome. Doug Dorn wrote in and said, I picked this up recently, having never played it as a kid. I'm enjoying it so far, and I feel it has enough of its own ideas to warrant a place beside Mario Kart 64. However, as has been mentioned, when multiplayer is involved, it just doesn't quite have the same addictiveness as Mario Kart 64. I will warn all of you, I turned to Mark McHugh for multiplayer thoughts because I played it alone on my Nintendo 64. I have no friends. I only have one controller. So I have not played the multiplayer. But the single player, straight up, the single player is better than Mario Kart 64. And I love Mario Kart 64. Candido wrote in and said, I absolutely love the overworld in this game. As a kid, I would spend so much time just driving, flying, hovering around, and exploring, just as I did with running around Peach's Castle in Mario 64. It was so cool that they incorporated races into this area as well, unlocking levels based on the number of balloons you acquired, which was the style at the time. I love that. Which is uh, was great too, because you didn't necessarily have to do levels in a particular order, and the ability to upgrade power-ups by grabbing the same colored balloon up to three times was sweet, but also cheap, because if you were able to grab three boosts in a row constantly you could get yourself so far ahead of the other racers that it wasn't even close to a competition you're right and i found that out far too late into the game that i that the three boosts was overpowered as fuck uh, and i like the overworld too what a great fucking game jesus christ uh, two more and i promise we're gonna talk diddy kong racing wyman brooks wrote in and said this was my first game for the 64. I was still going strong on the SNES into this era. I wanted a 64 so badly, but I couldn't convince my parents to get this for me for Christmas. My first hands-on experience with the 64 was playing Diddy Kong Racing multiplayer with a bunch of friends in the basement of my buddy's house uh, at a party. After seeing this game with the vibrant colors, the various cart types and environments, I was blown away. Everything was in glorious 3D. It was truly next-gen and an awesome multiplayer game. Uh, so I saved up all my money from chores, allowances, and holidays. Six months later, I picked up a Nintendo 64 with a copy of Diddy Kong Racing and a second green-colored controller. I got home and could not wait to hook it up, only to find out my TV didn't have AV inputs. The excitement and joy totally drained from my face, as it was all right, already the evening, and I'd need to wait another day to go buy the special RF adapter to be able to attach it to my old TV. Once it was fucking old-school gaming, eh? Once it was finally up and running, this game did not disappoint. It gave me countless hours of single-player fun in the adventure mode, and racing TT the clock to try to set time records across all the tracks. This game was a staple at sleepovers. I still have it hooked up to an old CRTV in my office today. I read that story because I love the idea of like, I've been there. We've all been there where we saved up our money to buy like a new game or a new console. Oh, the heartbreak of getting it home and then finding out you can't play it. I, oh my God. I, I would have been inconsolable. Inconsolable. And then Swanee wrote in and said, oh man, I love this game. It was such a great compliment to Mario Kart 64. I thought the balloon upgrades was a neat mechanic as well as the different vehicle types. I really enjoyed the plane, especially the later courses. However, I sucked hard at the hovercraft. Anyway, I can't wait to hear your take. Get ready to have that hovercraft get shit on, my friend, because that's what we're going to do. I'm going to... the Great game, but I fucking hate the hovercraft. I'm going to queue up some Diddy Kong Racing music. 
I could hear this music in my head while I was playing this game because I played it so much getting ready for this podcast. Uh, and we are going to, Mark McHugh and I are going to talk Diddy Kong Racing, which originally released in North America on the Nintendo 64 back on November 24th, 1997. Enjoy the podcast, everybody. Let's go. All right, so uh, join it. Here's the thing: joining me via the blank phone this week is former Remember the Game Hall of Famer Mark Tholomew McHugh. Now, Mark, normally I would say how's it going, but every time I do, you say you're great. How are you? And I say I'm fine. So we'll save ourselves the pleasantries and we'll get right to work. Because I'm just gonna don't get. I fucking hate God. I hate to blow smoke up your ass. If any guest on this show whose ass I hate to blow smoke in, it's yours. But I have no choice. People really like it when you come Most on this show. Ass. You fucking yeah, fuck you in that dad ass. Fuck you. Uh, <laughs> people like it when you come on this show. You're one of our most requested guests, and I'm not gonna BS you. Diddy Kong Racing. If it's not the most requested game that I've had since the show started, it's gotta be top three. I would say this Final Fantasy Tactics gets a ton of requests, and then. Sega Saturn games, which are never going to get played. The Saturnians just have nothing else in life other than to bother me. But this has been one of the big three. And I finally bought a copy of this game and played it on a physical Nintendo 64 with a Nintendo 64 controller. And I got to say, and I promise I'm going to let you speak, Mark. I'm going to shut up in a second. I promise. So many people were like, that game's even better than Mario Kart 64. That game is the best. And I was like, okay, everyone needs to calm their tits. There's no fucking way this weird spin-off kart racer is better than the iconic Mario Kart 64. Now, I haven't played Mario but Kart. It is. Pardon me? But it is. I haven't played Mario Kart 64 in a long time. I'm really excited to actually fire it up on my Switch when 64 games are available on Switch, which will be available by the time all of you are hearing this podcast. So I can't necessarily sit here and and say with any authority that this game is better than Mario Kart 64. But you know what I will say? This game has set the bar for Mario Kart 64 insanely high because Mark McHugh, this is a fucking outstanding video game, my friend. It really is. And that was what Rare did during the N64 era. They saw what Nintendo did with their mainstream, like their Mario games. And then they copied it a little, but made it better. They did it with Banjo-Kazooie, and they did it with this game. Yeah, you're right. And you know what's really... Because I agree with you. Like I think Banjo-Kazooie is a better game than Mario 64. I, I this can't... is a better game than Mario, than Mario. And don't get me wrong. Mario Kids Card 64, fantastic game. I love it. But it didn't have the... Story that like it didn't have the story mode that this game had. Yeah, uh, it didn't have those. Didn't have the number of vehicles. It didn't have the same like, like it didn't have the same versatility. And I loved so much that like even after like the four big worlds, there was still another world to unlock after the fact. So which Mario Kart sixty four didn't do. That's such a fucking rare thing too. And I don't mean rare as in like hard. I mean rare as in like the game developers rare. Because fucking Banjo Kazooie, when you and I did the Banjo Kazooie episode and we talked about how there's that extra fight against the witch and blah blah blah, I had people writing into the show being like, I didn't even know that was there. That like that was part of the end game. 
And I said, no, neither fucking did I at first. And the same with this. I beat the game. I beat the pig in the race. And I was like, that's it. Then I looked up because I wanted to make sure I had all the golden balloons. And then it was like, oh, no, there's actually 47 or whatever the fuck the number is. They're like, when you beat the game, go back in and then go over to the lighthouse. And then there's like a whole nother fucking part of the game. Yeah, you go to space. Which is great. Yeah, and that was awesome. But I was like, fucking rare. What the fuck is your problem? Just put the whole fucking game where we can find it. (laughs) Like, why hide 15? percent of your game i don't fucking if you're listening to this and you've ever played a rare video game and i mean donkey kong country diddy kong racing banjo kazooie there's probably something in it that you didn't finish because they didn't fucking tell you it was there and so, the thing is, like, all of us, all of us stop playing a game when the credits roll yeah that's what we're supposed to do unless it's a rare game fucking ass i'm glad they're doing sea of thieves now because that's like an open-ended open world game and they're like well now we'll just people won't get the fucking credits and they not realize they haven't actually beaten the game ever again um and i'm not even like listen i'm not going to take points off this game for that i don't even care i just thought it's funny you brought that up because i was like dude banjo did the exact same fucking thing what the fuck is wrong with rare motherfuckers and like it's it's frustrating because like it's the one big misstep in banjo kazooie because like that final boss is probably like I can't think of a better final boss that like tests you on absolutely everything that happens in the game. Yeah, that's a great and everything boss. you learn throughout the game. And it's almost lost because people are like, oh, credits, I won, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great final boss. And now this game And just like Wizpig, fantastic final boss. Yeah. But fuck was he hard. Yeah, he was well, I will say, I like he was hard. He wasn't as hard as I anticipated. I will say that. Well, because like, the, like the reputation that this game has gotten in more recent years is like, holy fuck, this game is hard, and yeah. I don't remember it being that hard when no. I played it as a kid. I, I would, dude, because like you know, I only played this over the last few weeks as I it won our Patreon poll, and I, I bought a copy and I sat down to play it, and I and I wanted to play it. I played it on the sixty four with a sixty four controller. It was the first. 64 game I've played with a 64 controller in probably a decade, like since I can remember. And uh, it wasn't easy. I'm not saying it was an easy game, but I 100%ed it and got other than like, I didn't do all the time trial shit. We'll get into that later. I didn't do all that stuff. But I got like all the golden balloons and unlocked Adventure 2. And everyone was like, oh my God, this is the hardest video game you've ever played. If you have not played Crash Team Racing, Crash Team Racing will feed you your fucking ass. It is way harder than this. In both a good way and a bad way. I thought Diddy Kong Racing, by and large, was almost the perfect difficulty almost i i have a qualm with one of the vehicles which i'll get into as we get going here but Are, is it is it the uh is it the hovercraft well it's not the it's not the plane and it's not the cart and i'll just leave it at that okay. for now. but there's a third vehicle that can suck my fucking ass <laughs> but by and large uh i didn't think the game was like i thought it was the perfect difficulty like every time i sat down to play it i made progress when i lost you know what i love about this game is i never and I guess Mario Kart 64, I, I don't think... Did Mario Kart 64 have the blue shell? I don't think the blue shell existed at that point. It did, yeah. It did? Okay. Like It just wasn't as common of an item. You're right. You're or at right. the very least, we don't remember seeing it that much because Mario Kart 64 was an easier game. Yeah, and like, and I, you all know, like, I fucking love me some Mario Kart. But like Mario Kart, as much as I love it, Mario Kart can fuck you around with their goddamn items. And you're like, this is such a load of shit sometimes. Whereas I think Crash Team Racing 
is outside of a couple of the boss races is so far the other way. You just have got to be a fucking, you have got to be an outstanding racer to fucking hundred percent that game. And I thought this one walked the line right in the middle where I was like, this is a challenge. I never once found myself saying like, this is such cheap bullshit. I didn't think the items fucked anybody over too hard in the game. I actually thought the items played a very minimal role in this game. And uh, I also love the way that the items work and that if you collect, like you can upgrade your items. Like you have like, you could have like, Oh, you can like have a missile right now that can like fire off. You can just fire at someone. Or if you wait, you can get another red balloon and then you get like a homing missile. Yeah. Like they, they, what I, what I really like about this game is the, the items are used so strategically. There's no randomization to the items at all. Like each item is in its own colored balloon. Each item has three levels of leveling up and it's so easy to tell what you're getting. And then you can choose that risk or reward. Do you want to use a half-assed item now? Or do you want to wait till you find another balloon of that color to level it up and then use it? Can you wait that long? And then you could fuck yourself over because maybe you've you've picked up three blue balloons. So you've got the maxed out turbo. But then before you use it, you accidentally pick up a red balloon and go back to a level one missile. And I I thought that was, I think the thing that stood out to me the most about this game that I really fucking liked, aside from the fact that the single player campaign actually had some depth to it, as opposed to a Mario Kart Grand Prix, that's it. Was the To this day, Mario Kart still doesn't have depth to it. Not at all. Player. Not at all. It's, it's so much fun to play, but you're right. There's no depth at all. Whereas this game had like a, a campaign with a, a st- I mean, you know, a loose story, but a story nevertheless. But the like item story, there was like a pig that was being a shithead and there was like an Indian elephant and yeah. But like, I mean, it was like, it was something. It's just, to me, like the, the, it wasn't even about that. It was just, I really enjoyed the way the, like the items made such a huge difference in this game. Cause if you've not played it, there's like a, there's red balloons that give you missiles. There's green balloons, which give you stuff to like a, the, the, the Diddy Kong racing equivalent of a banana peel, like stuff you drop behind you. The blue balloons. Like, yeah, like an oil slick and you can upgrade it to a bomb. Yeah. And then a bubble. And then, then the guy gets, they get stuck in the bubble if they touch the bubble. But I never, mm-hmm. I think I ever got the bubble. Uh, the blue ones are just your jet boosters. You can get three different levels of jet boosters. And then the purple the ones. green jet boosters were like OP as shit. Dude, if you can maximize the jet booster and use it, it feels like you turbo half the fucking, half a lap. You're fucking moving. Yeah, uh, yeah and then, it's insane. Oh, it's awesome. And then the purple ones are like your, like your shield, like a, to wear around you, like to make you invincible. And then you could get the rainbow uh, balloons that were hidden that were the magnets. I thought the magnet was a useless piece of shit. I like the magnet. I can't remember a time when it's ever been useful, but the thing with the magnet is that like, as you're pulling, like, like as you're like pulling towards someone, you're pulling them back as well. Right. I get the concept behind it. It was just like, considering that like the, the rainbow balloons that had the magnets in them were like kind of hidden a little bit. You were like, Oh man, this like, I have to go off the beaten track to get this. This has to be fucking incredible. And the first couple of times I got one, I used it and didn't even do anything. Cause I wasn't close enough to anybody. And I was like, well, this is fucking stupid. And then I finally got close enough to people to use it. But the problem is unless there's a straight line between you and them, like half the time I'd fucking use it. It would pull me kind of off the track, like toward them. And then the magnet would disappear and I'd be completely out of control. It just fucked. And I just got to a point where I was like, I'm not, I don't want this. Like I'll go looking for the turbo things. I don't want this fucking thing. I hate this fucking, I hate the fucking, I hate it. I fucking hate the magnet. I hate it. Well, like the magnet, in order for it to be useful of all, at all, you have to like max it out. 
And as you mentioned, it's kind of off the beaten path to try to find them. So like that's difficult. Yeah, because I like that whole leveling up your items thing. It's just when you're leveling up um, projectiles to go out the front, bombs to drop from behind or the turbos, those are easy to level up because red, blue and green balloons, which are those three items in whatever order, uh, they're all over the track. Like you can get them very easily and level it up to level three. As long as you've got the, you don't have the itchy trigger finger and you can just sit on your item for a minute. But like to get the the magnet and to level it up three times when there may only be one balloon like that on the whole track, not only have you got to not use it so you pick up another one, you can't touch any other balloon. Because if you touch Which another balloon, you, you reset. Any item. Yeah. If you touch a balloon, you reset whatever you've picked up in a different course. And so I, and like, I'm not complaining about it at all because as much as I love Mario Kart, I'm crash team racing taught me how much I adore kart racers with a level of skill and strategy to them that Mario I'll listen, Mark, I'll argue to the death that there's skill in Mario Kart. And if you don't believe me, I, I'm like, let's play Mario Kart. Like there's fucking yeah, skill. My- there's skill in my that parents, fucking game. Like, I play Mario Kart with my parents all the time, and like my dad fucking wastes me at Mario Kart. Yeah, anyone that says that game is all luck is fucking crazy, but it has a much higher luck factor to it than this game or Crash Team Racing, and I think that predominantly was what I enjoyed the most about Diddy Kong Racing was the simple fact that it rewarded... like, And we'll get into the different modes and stuff like that, but it, rewarded, it rewards practice, it rewards skill. And like, I, and it got strategy. to, yeah, it's so much strategy, dude. It's not even about looking for shortcuts. It's just about the strategy of like making sure you lay off your accelerator whenever you hit a turbo boost so that you get a little bit more speed and then knowing when to go back into your turbo boost or to hit the accelerator and sliding around corners and using the brake to do the fucking hairpin slides around corners without losing any speed. And then like you're coming up on a row of balloons and there's a red balloon, a blue balloon and a green balloon. And you're like, fuck, I'm in like third place. So what's more useful to me, a turbo, a bomb to drop behind me, or a missile to shoot out in front of me? And you've got like a half a second to make that decision, but then it's like, all right, well, if I've decided to go with missiles, I'm not wasting this yet. I'm going to sit on this till I find another missile. Like you, you have to play the tracks over and over and get to know not only the turns, but get to know where the balloons are and what balloons are where. And I love fucking car racers like that, that reward that patience and paying attention. You can't just mindlessly hold accelerate and beat this game. You'll get fucking destroyed. Destroyed. No, absolutely. And I fucking love that. That was because uh, I won't lie to you. Listen, when I booted this game up, I got to the character select screen and I'm, I consider myself fairly knowledgeable gamer. I know my retro gaming. I know rare. I know Nintendo. And I'm like, all right, so Diddy Kong racing or Diddy, Diddy Kong is right there. Love that guy. And I'm like, oh shit, that's conquer. All right. That's fucking pretty cool. And then I was like, oh man, Banjo the bear is here. I have no fucking idea who the other five characters are. Six. Uh, once you get the, the chicken. Only, the- the only other one that I think is actually from a game is Tip Top is also in Banjo-Kazooie. But the thing is, this game was made before Banjo-Kazooie or any of the Conquer games. Yeah. So those characters are from this game and not vice versa. Right. The only character that comes from another game is Diddy Kong. Right. And that, like, I won't lie to you, it wasn't a deal breaker to me because I, I don't know who you play. I played as Diddy Kong the entire game and beat it without too much trouble. Um, I usually usually played as Conquer. Okay, but like, I know it's in. Listen, I like it's impossible to talk about this game and not compare it to Mario Kart sixty four. It's impossible. 
And I, I think that the actual kart racing in this game is better. I think the single player campaign is better. I think it has a much higher ceiling as far as strategy goes. I, I thought the character selection fucking sucked. Like, yeah. like it sucked. And like, to me, it come, you know what to me? It, Cause like, obviously rare licensed Diddy Kong from Nintendo or Nintendo licensed Diddy Kong to rare, or whatever. Like that's obviously a Nintendo character. Right. And clearly rare was like, well, let's invent some other characters and see if we one or two can catch on and we can make our own games, which they obviously conquer and banjo, you know, like sure. But like, when you fire a Mario Kart, Mario Kart 64, and you have Mario and Luigi and Bowser and Toad and Wario, and then you fire up Diddy Kong Racing, and you have Diddy and some weird-looking chicken, and 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 like a, you know what I mean? And it was like, well, this like I found that like I would have, to me, it would have been cool if it had been all the Donkey Kong characters. And I get why they didn't do that because they wanted to create their own. But I would have much preferred. It to I be imagine. Assortment. I think they could only get the one. Right. Yeah. But like, Nintendo. it would have been so much funner if it had been like Diddy and Donkey and Dixie and King K. Rule and like a gremlin. And like that was, I was disappointed in that. It didn't matter because I just played it as Diddy anyway. But that I thought, I thought the characters sucked, frankly. I'm going to be yeah, honest. Yeah, a little sucked. bit. Because again, like I can't even name, like again, there's like Tip Top and, but then I'm like, I'm trying to remember, like I don't remember the name of the crocodile. I don't remember the name of the chicken. Well, I'm reading right now and it says, um... That the, the crocodile was Crunch the Kremlin. I didn't even realize that. Like, that doesn't do a very good job. Like, it doesn't even put their names. Like, when you pick the character select, it's just the eight of them standing there holding, like, the sign. And then you click them and then, like, like put their names above them and below them if they're actual characters. Like, make us know who they are. You know? it's And then, listen, if you guys think I'm shitting on this game, I'm not. This is, like, a minor... Th- frankly, is, yeah. outside of the a certain vehicle, uh, this is my only real gripe with this game is that I just thought the characters kind of sucked, but it didn't matter because I just played it the title character anyways. So yeah, that's fair. Um, so then you get into like the single player campaign and so many people had hyped it up and been like, it's got an actual campaign and a story and it's so much better. And like, <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. I think the story is, is flimsy at best of an evil pig shows up and we have to race him. But yeah, yeah. It's like, it's barely a story, but at least there was like, clearly some thought put in the single player campaign yeah what like i don't even give a fuck about the story like i play mario kart i don't even like i always joke about how stupid i think it is that mario and bowser go go karting together i'm like i thought they were enemies why are they inviting bowser go karting but it doesn't matter i just want to race i just want to have a i just want to race and what i fucking loved about this game was that it wasn't just racing it was but you did it like it wasn't just one static well you race four races and if you have the most points you win and obviously that's part of it but doing stuff like looking for the hidden keys collecting the silver coins the different vehicles the fact that you only had to do one race at a time and then you could go back to the hub and drive around and there's different worlds and stuff like that i i thought that was fucking superb like i well and what's so interesting about the single player campaign is it teaches you the game so spectacularly. Yeah, it really does. Like in the Mario Kart, if you're playing one player, it's like, all right, here are the things go. Whereas like Diddy Kong Racing, when you're playing the single player campaign, it's like, okay, so you have to go find these eight things when you're through. And so that makes you explore the area. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. It makes you aware of like, oh, this is what this track is. That's what this track is. There's the shortcut here. Yeah. Like what I loved is like, if you've not played it, like you go into like the first world, say, and there's there's four like there's there's basically there's four tracks per world, and you go into like a, a world, and 
first thing you have to do is just beat the four tracks. And all you need to do is finish first place. And you don't have to do them all in a row. It's just you have to go into each track one at a time, and then you have to just finish in first place. And if you finish anything, oh, this was something I fucking love too, is if you don't finish first place, it doesn't take you back to the hub world and you got to drive back in. It just says try again. And I'm like, yes, thank fuck, thank fuck. If it had taken you back to the hub world after every time you lost and you had to drive back in, I would have been like, fuck this, which it does do with the bosses. I quickly learned to just pause the boss. Like if I'm going to lose, just pause the boss race and hit restart. Cause I hate yeah. having to go out and watch all that again, but I love that because you don't have to worry about trying to bid it all four races in a row. You don't have to worry about looking for any secrets. You just have to finish the race in first place. And then once you finish all four races in first place, then you get to do a boss race and, uh, where you, you basically race. Oh dude. And I'll, well, all right, let's, let's fucking, so you have to race against like a big creature and beat them in a race. And, uh, the only one of them, a dinosaur of some sort. Yeah. Yeah. And there was only one that gave me a problem and it happened to include a goddamn vehicle. That's not an airplane or a fucking cart. Or is it the octopus? It is. Fuck that octopus. octopus Could absolutely go fuck itself. I thought the octopus was the hardest race in the game. Yeah. Hardest race in the game. In my opinion, I hated that fucking octopus guy. Fuck. I hated him. But then once you beat the boss race, then they kick you back out into the main world and you have to go do the four main courses again and you have to finish first again, but you also have to pick up eight silver coins during the race. And what I loved about that, Mark, was like you exactly what you said. It teaches you the courses because you need to finish them all in first place. Then you go race a boss. Now you have to go run those four courses again, but you should know them fairly well because you've already played through them once and gotten in first place. Now you need to do it in first place, but also go out of your way to pick up these eight coins. And I found those to be challenging, but I never found them to be game-breakingly difficult. Like there was, I, I, not one time did I rage quit during this game ever. And I never did I that. Like, I, I think that like, this was one of those games like that I had, that I played through as a kid. And like, as I, I played it again as an adult, but like only ever competitively, I haven't played like the single player as an adult. Right. And I remember like, I imagine there were many a time I rage quit, but it was like, oh, but this is the game we're playing for the next however long. Right. So, okay, because um, I want to pick your brain on the multiplayer, and I want to save that because I, I did play it here by myself uh, on my on my Nintendo 64, and I only have one controller, and I don't have any friends. So I didn't play it with anybody. <laughs> like, I like I never turned on the multiplayer. So I'm going to put a pin in that because I'm, I'm basically just going to shut up and give you the floor when it comes to multiplayer because I've never played it but but i will say that like to me that's one of the testaments that i can throw at this game is that i uh, to me like when you think of a kart racer multiplayer is where kart racers are at i've never played the cart the multiplayer mode in this game and i still think this game is damn near flawless and because the the single player is so good the way it changes it up and it's like right win these races in first then race a boss then go back and win the races in first but also pick up the eight coins which are can be incredibly difficult like I, when it comes to those races, I found that like, I basically had to dedicate two or three trial runs to just finding the eight coins. And then I was like, okay, I know what I have to do to pick all eight of them up. Now I need to worry about doing it while I win the race. And I got stuck on a couple of those, but I never felt it was cheap. Like the, frankly, the eight coins aren't very well hidden. Oh, I mean, they are well hidden in the sense that they aren't hard to find, but like some of them are way off the to the keys were different. The te- the keys were difficult though. Oh, one of those fucking those fucking keys. Okay, one of those the keys. one with the bridge. Yes, yes, 
Fuck. So, so okay. So you pick up the eight coins, and then you have to beat all four tracks again by picking up eight coins. Then you have to race the the boss for a second time in a more difficult form. And then if you beat him, all that's left is there's a an eight or um like a grand. Then then they have the Mario Kart Grand Prix mode, where you have to play the four races in succession. You get points based on how you finish, and you just need to finish in first place. And then you have to do that in four different worlds. And so it's got all these different courses with all these different objectives with boss fights mixed in. And I just yeah. Like plus an overworld to explore to find hidden balloons and stuff like that. And and I'll be honest, like I was I was shocked at just how much depth there was to the single like how much content there was in the single player campaign. Like I was like, you can be a loser like me and have no friends to play this with. And like I, I won't lie to you, like I think I paid forty bucks or thirty bucks or something to buy a physical copy of this game. And I'm like, I probably got 20 hours out of this. I was like, that was like, I'm happy with that purchase. Even if I never turn That's multiplayer well worth on. It, yeah. Yeah. Even if I never turn the multiplayer on. Cause I had all these different courses with, with all the little ins and outs to learn with all the little challenges, plus using the different weapons and the, and the different power-ups and stuff like that. And then, like you said, once you beat all four, uh, 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 worlds or whatever, then you have to race the, the pig. And I had seen so many comments being like, you're going to rip your hair out against the pig. And the first time you race them is the one where you're going through the forest uh, or yeah. like the woods. Or and like, I didn't and find And you kind that. of have to hit every single one of those like yeah. speed bumps. Yeah. And, and I would say it probably took me half an hour, but like once I knew where all of the speed boosts were, then it was just a matter of making sure I hit them all. And then I was like, all right, well that wasn't that bad. And then they rolled the credits. And I was like, that's it? And then in classic Rare fashion, no, go back in. There's more fucking game. Fucking Rare. Um, so then you go up into <laughs> you know Outer Space. what else did that? Is, I, did, you, did you play Rayman Legends? Yes, I did. Fantastic game. But they roll the credits before the best parts of the game. Yeah, the music levels? Yeah, there's yeah. like a whole world of just like remixed music levels yeah, that fucking, are fucking fantastic. For the record, guys, if I know I've said it on Game Patch and stuff before, but like I I would go as far as to say that Rayman Legends is if not the best, one of the best platformers I've ever played that wasn't made by Nintendo. Like it's so I, I, good. Oh. I think it's like this or like Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze are like the best like probably the best non-Nintendo platformer I've ever played. Yeah, fucking outstanding. Other than, yeah, why roll the fucking cre- fucking assholes with their fucking credits? Um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, so then you go into the extra world, which is up in this spaceship, and you got to win four more races and then do the four races again but get the eight silver coins. And, like, they're tougher because they're, like, the secret level. But, again, I didn't find them that bad. And then you got to race, race WizPig again. And you have to do it, but this time you have to race them on a plane and you're, like, in outer space or whatever. And, yeah. uh, I, I found that one, uh, much more difficult than the first time I raced them because I don't think the plane handles great either. I think it handles way better than fucking hovercraft does, but I don't think the plane, like I infinitely preferred the game when I was just driving a cart. Um, but, but again, I didn't I find said, it cheap. I didn't mind the plane. No, me neither. I, like, I don't like, I like it's not as good of a vehicle. Like I love the concept of it. I love the idea of it. It's not as executed as well as it could have been though. No, I just like my thing about it is like, I like, I didn't even the hovercraft, like I didn't hate it. I'm making it out to be worse than it was. But one thing I did find, no, a no, little, no, you know, you're not, you're being very, very fair to the hovercraft. <laughs> one thing that I, I did find with this game that like, 
I thought the inclusion of multiple vehicle, multiple vehicles was cool. I thought the way that you were like, you were able like in certain races on certain modes, you were able to pick which vehicle you wanted to drive. I thought that was really cool. What I did find a little irritating though, was that I thought that the game relied quite heavily on skill. Like this is not a game you can fluke your way through. Like you've got to learn to get good at this game. And it was just like, I learned a cart or a vehicle and then, and then it would be like, all right, well now you need to use the other vehicle. And it was like, fuck, because they all handle differently from each other. And it was like, well, now you need to use the other vehicle. And it, I never found it to be like a, a huge hindrance. I'm not going to take away points from it. But there were times where I was irritated because I was like, I've put so much time into learning how to fly this plane well as I was trying to beat this like difficult track. And now I need to go back to the cart. And now I need to go back to the plane. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it was like, just let yeah. me stick. Let me stay in a fucking lane for a little while here. That's all. I mean, but that like that is difficult with the water levels. You can't really do that in a cart. No, you can't. And so like I get it. I just I guess I mean, I don't know. Personally speaking, I like the idea of multiple vehicles. I would have preferred maybe like World 1 was cart, World 2 was all hovercraft, World 3 was all plane, as opposed to like this track is hovercraft, this track is plane this track is cart all in the same world. Does that make sense? Like, let me stay in a lane for a little while. That's maybe I, yeah, I, I would have preferred that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that's an unfair, that's an unfair note. Um, but I, I didn't find it game breaking. And, um, that second whiz pig race, like I, uh, I didn't, I don't know. It took me a couple of days, like, a, you know, a couple of short sessions to beat it. The thing about the whiz pig, especially the second race against whiz pig, is uh you just you can't make a fucking mistake no like if you, if you make a mistake it's over yeah especially with those fucking planes because and i will say like i think the re recovery on the like i think the planes are the most unforgiving of the three vehicles like if you make a mistake and bump into like a pole and then hit the ground or whatever then it's like it then feels you have like to, like back up yeah and... like and against the rate like the because who else do you like so you race whiz pig on a plane you race the dragon on a plane and even if it's just those two, as far as boss races on the plane go, I found those to be like, it wasn't bad. Cause like, I felt like it was fair. It's just expecting me to have a great race to beat them. That's all. Like it wasn't cheap. I didn't feel like he was just hitting me with, with nonstop projectiles to fuck me over. And I felt like most of the time, if I made a mistake, I made that mistake fair and square, but it felt like there was no recovery. If you fucked up on the plane, you might as well just reload because you're not going to win, yeah. you know? Um, uh, I felt double that though about the hovercraft just cause like if you hit a wall or something, it just kills your momentum completely. Now you're stopped dead. Now you have to like kind of slowly back up and then slowly get going again. Yeah. That hovercraft fucking chapped my ass because like it was just, and the thing about the hovercraft to me was, and maybe I was just playing the game wrong, but like the carts, I got a pretty good feel on not only using the slide to go around corners with your carts, but using the brake with your slide to really pull out like the hairpin turns without losing a bunch of your speed. And with the plane, I got a pretty good feel for how to kind of dive around corners and stuff like that. But with the hovercraft, Mark, I personally, at least I found the, the the strategy that worked best for me with the hovercraft was to just not touch the slide or the brake and just go around corners, like just hold a, the whole time. That was the only thing that seemed to work for me with it. It just felt, it didn't feel as polished as the other two vehicles, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. And it was, and it was just like a massive pain in the ass to 
austere. Yeah, it was. And like, and I get that, like, and this, I've never driven a hovercraft in real life, but I assume that that is probably what a hovercraft kind of feels like. I get that. But like, it doesn't make it fun. <laughs> it's a, yeah, it, that's exactly like, just because it's realistic doesn't mean that it's fun. Yeah. And so that like, Again, I never, the only time I even came close to rage quitting was the second boss fight against the octopus on the hovercraft because now you only, now you only played the single player. Now I don't quite remember. Did the single player include the battle arenas? Yep. Yep. Well, yeah. Like that was, oh yeah, that was one. Uh, so you had to find a key in each of the four worlds and it was just hidden on a track. And by the way, well, the key that we'll talk about where the keys are in a minute, but the idea that you can just go into the track and like, I, I, the only key I found hard to find was the bridge one. The other three, like I would just go into the tracks and it didn't even matter if I was in last place. I was just exploring every nook and cranny of the track and I found them fairly painlessly. And then once you found the key, it opened up like a battle arena where you had to go in and like collect 10 bananas and put them in your chest or whatever, you know, is that what you're talking about? Well, then, then you have to like, do like it was like do you remember you you obviously played mario kart 64 they had like a battle mode yeah? yeah 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 so there's one of those in uh in diddy kong racing and this is where i'll say that the multiplayer really shined like i don't remember what came first this or 007 but <clears throat> it's got that 007 feel to it okay like, like that same, like, oh, you're like, just, you're trying to like fuck over your friends and like, there's a bit of strategy to it. Right. But now that where go ahead. And I love how, uh, like when Mario Kart, the battle campaign is very much like, oh, you get whatever random item. There's more of a strategy this time because it's like, oh, I could go collect these missiles and I can like fire at people or I can set up traps. Right. No. Yeah. It makes you play like there's at least one battle arena, one in the, in the single player campaign where it's just, um, yeah, you have to like hit the other guys like five times or something. And it's the last one standing wins. It's basically battle mode. And, uh, yeah. and I agree with you. Like if that's what the multiplayer with your friends had been like, I, I thought that those modes, even just playing against three bots, it was really easy, but I thought it was like hella fun. And I was like, I can like, imagine I, how I this would be a blast. Had, like, I've definitely had hours where like my brothers and I, that was all we did was but, just those battle modes. So what I, what I wanted to ask is like, so when you play the battle mode, like in the multiplayer, um, do you get to pick which cart you want to use or do you just use whatever cart goes with whatever arena you picked? I think, I think that there's some with options and some without. Because having to play it on the hovercraft would fucking suck. I don't remember having to play on the hovercraft in any of them, but I could be wrong. Okay. I, God, those fucking, man, to get back to them, it was just, again, outside of the octopus, I didn't rage quit. It was just, anytime I, like, literally every single time a track started, and it was like, as soon as I loaded up, because, you know, you drive through the door, and then it, yeah. like, loads up the track. And every time I drove through a door for the first time and then it would load up the hovercraft track, I was like, oh, fuck. You knew you were in for a bad time. Yeah, like it was just really... I get what they were shooting for and I don't... I just... I just... It, it's not even... It's less that the hovercraft sucked and more just that compared to the, the, the planes and particularly the carts, the hovercraft just weren't as fun. Like they felt less strategic and more of just bumper cars hold a and hope for a little bit of bump luck do you know what i mean and like 
it was more of a hint, like, and the like. The difference between vehicles that one was more of a hindrance than advantage. Yeah, I hated it. I fucking got like, it. Like the plane has like the advantage of like, oh, you can fly, you can go up, and you can go down. Yeah, dude, the plane. Like, I hated the plane at first too. Like in the early stages, all I wanted to race was the carts. I was like, it's a fucking. I'm not playing Diddy Kong plane racing. Like, I just want to race the carts. But then I did well, grow to. That's all you're used to because of like Mario Kart and stuff. Sure, yeah. But then I did grow to um, not love the plane, but I grew to like, we're friends. Like, the plane and I, I get along. It. Yeah, I was like, this isn't so bad. Because there absolutely is some strategy in how you take turns and diving and shit like that with the plane. I get it. But that hovercraft, like, it had some great track. I actually thought it had some of the best looking tracks in the game, but it was just so unfun to control that like, I was yeah. like, like every time it loaded up a, a hovercraft level, I just was like, ah, oh, fuck, let's just get this fucking over with. I fuck. And then bro, that fucking octopus that drops those fucking bubbles. Oh, I fucking, I, that easily was the thing that I got stuck on for the longest. And every time he beat you, he'd like mock you. He'd be like, oh, better luck next, yeah, yeah. Luck next time. Well, I'm like, I found that really irritating because when you were fighting the bosses, like I said, if, if they beat you, they would be like, oh, come back when you get better. And then it would send you out to the map. It wouldn't give you the chance to just reload and try again. And so I just quickly learned to make sure that like, if it were, if it was middle of the third lap and it didn't look like I was going to win, I learned to just like pause it and restart the race. But then I also think that maybe I got stuck on a couple of bosses where like, I'm like when I finally beat that octopus on the second time you have to race them, I was saving up my turbos until the home stretch and then hitting them. And like, I barely blew by them. And it got me thinking that like, I wonder if I would have beat him a little while ago. And I just kept like, ah, well, I didn't beat him. I don't want to have to watch the animation. So restart, you know what I mean? And I wonder if I would have beat him earlier. Um, uh, it's very possible but then again like you could have just been banging your head against the wall for like another two hours oh yeah like I would have rage quit more had it made me like if I had had to watch that cutscene every time but being able to start and just like restart the race restart the race restart yeah. the race and then there were sometimes again too against those bosses where like <laughs> it's a three lap race and you know by midway through the second lap you're like alright this is over like, like it was like, I'm going to use a, another half a lap as a practice run just to like get a feel for how I can go into this turn with this item. But I'm like, I'm not fucking beating this guy on this one. Fuck this. Um, yeah, exactly. But yeah, everyone hyped up the pig and I was like, the pig wasn't that bad. That octopus is way worse than the fucking pig. Fuck that octopus. Oh um, my God. The octopus is ridiculous. I love the dragon though, where like you're chasing him through the volcano and it's like throwing fire at you. And I'm like, that's. Really cool, especially in considering that they did that on the N64. Yeah, and you know what? That's something I wanted to talk about, too. Like, I just looked it up. This game came out in uh, 1997, which isn't too far into the Nintendo 64's life. And No, it really isn't. I was quite shocked at how well the game looked and handled. It was silky smooth. Like, it's not like 60 frames per second or anything, but I was like, it was... I was quite impressed with how the whole game worked and handled like, dude, first game I've played on the Nintendo 64 with Nintendo 64 hardware in a long time. And I have been notoriously hard on the Nintendo 64 controller. And I well, thought because it's a shitty controller. It is a shitty I mean, controller. there's no way around. Yeah. I can't be convinced otherwise. It's a shitty controller, but I was like, nah, this game actually played into the 64's controller quite well. Like I didn't find that to be a problem. I just like, 
the whole time I was playing it, I was like, this is just a fun fucking video game. Like there's, I get all the hype. And I thought everyone that was singing this game's praises would be like, this game's better than Mario Kart 64. I was like, you're all just fucking insane. But then I sat down and played it and I'm like, I'm not willing to sit here and lock it in as better than Mario Kart 64 because I want to play Mario Kart 64 again first. But I'm like, it's certainly in the discussion. Like this is... Oh, and absolutely outstanding fucking god mark how good i i mean they're still good like sea of thieves is huge but like fuck me how good was rare back in the day like well and like what what blows me away is this game did not be like if you think about like at its core what this game was it was a racing game that was a knockoff of mario's kart 64 and just they put Diddy Kong in it. Like, this game did not need to be good. No. It didn't need to have the polish that it did. They could have just, like, okay, you know, like, okay, Mario Kart 64, we'll do that with, like, slight variation and then just put it out to market. They could have rushed this game, but they took the time and they put some polish into it, and they made it its own thing. Because, yeah, it's clearly supposed, like, it's clearly kind of like, oh, there's another, uh, you know, Mario Kart was very popular. Let's have another kart racer. It was very clearly like trying to chase that, but they made it set itself apart from Mario Kart in so many ways. Yeah, they did. Uh, it's crazy, man. I'm looking at it's, the best selling. To this day, a Mario Kart game has never had the depth like this, like the depth that this game has had. No, has. no, you're right. It's fucking wild because, like, I, I found that when I was playing Crash Team Racing too. Like. It, it's like this, like it's got an overworld and little side missions and stuff like that. And I was like, dude, I like, I love the Mario Kart franchise. It's my favorite. But Mario Kart has never done that. And no. it doesn't make any sense because if any friend, like if any series should be really going above and beyond, it is like the best selling racing series of all time. Yeah. Like, I mean, I guess maybe you could argue the reason that they don't put that stuff in it is because they're like this game it's mario kart we're gonna sell 20 million copies without doing we, we don't have to i mean and i'm not i don't feel like they've ever mailed in a mario kart game ever i don't i don't think even the ones i like less than others like they're all quality games but i i wonder no. if nintendo's just like we don't we don't have to like it's mario like whereas maybe maybe rare felt like we need to put a little bit of extra sauce on this thing because otherwise people are gonna be like this is just like imagine if it didn't have the campaign mode imagine if it was just the grand prix where you just have to finish first uh, like or get the highest score out of four races then i do think people would be like this is just mario kart 64 with shittier characters like we probably I, wouldn't be having this discussion today like no. we wouldn't be talking about this game at all we'd but, be like this game would be there with like m&m kart racing yeah exactly but the fact that they went above and beyond is like it made it stay like I, I, I went into this game, not quite sure what to expect. Cause I was like, fuck, I got to use that fucking 64 controller. I love Diddy Kong. Diddy Kong's one of my favorite characters. Love that guy. But I hate the Nintendo 64 controller. I love kart racers, but I'm like, well, I've played every Mario Kart. Now I've played Crash Team Racing. Those are both great. So I'm like, my bar for kart racers is quite high. I'm using a controller that I fucking hate for the first time in 10 years. I fire the game up and I see the character select screen and I'm like, oh, for fuck's sakes, this is just going to be generic kart racer X. Uh, and then I sat down and, and like, played it. It really could have, like, really could have just put that out, and it probably would have sold okay. Yeah, it probably would have been fine. But instead, I was like, I finished it, and I was like, that was a fucking outstanding game. I'm looking at the list of best-selling Nintendo 64 games right now, and it, and, and in order, it goes Mario 64, Mario Kart 64, GoldenEye 007, 
The Legend of Zelda, Ocarina of Tim. You guys know why I'm saying it like that now. Super Smash Brothers Melee at five. Pokemon Stadium, Donkey Kong 64. Diddy Kong Racing is number eight. Diddy Kong Racing sold more copies than Star Fox 64, Banjo-Kazooie, Pokemon Snap, Majora's Mask, Mario Party, all the wrestling games. That's insane. I never would have guessed it'd be anywhere near that high on the list. It's the. I mean, I'm glad it cracked the top ten because really a fantastic game. And I, it yes. is And like I know, like my rare got bought out by Microsoft, but it is a travesty that there was a never another one. Yeah, I like this game's gonna end up on Nintendo Online. I'll, I'll I, dollars I would to love donuts. If this it's game ended end up, up on Nintendo Online, me too. Dollars to donuts, it's gonna end up on there. Like I, I have been asked by many people to do a like my favorite Nintendo sixty, like rank my favorite Nintendo sixty four games of all time, and I always talk about how there's a few games that I missed that I want to play before I ever look at doing a rating like that. And a couple that stand out to me are like, I haven't played Banjo-Tooie yet. I haven't played Yoshi's Story. I haven't played Kirby oh, on the Yoshi Nintendo Story 64. you can get through in like 20 minutes. Yeah, I'm just waiting for it to hit the Nintendo Online. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. But then another one that was missing from that list for me was Diddy Kong Racing. And now that I've played it, like, as an un... Like, I am such a massive Mario Kart junkie. And after playing this... I'm like, there are only two games from this genre that I would even consider putting in the conversation with Mario Kart and it's Crash Team Racing and Diddy Kong Racing. I'm like, all, and I want to say this to every single person out there that has been up my ass for over three years to cover Diddy Kong Racing on this podcast. You were all right. It's that good. This game is so fucking good and i have no nostalgia i have no multiplayer experience with it whatsoever and i'm like no this is amongst the best games on the nintendo 64 even without all that this game is so good i'm so pleasantly surprised it had its by own this game. identity and it had that sense of whimsy that it really needed to have to bring it home yeah it did i uh i i was blown away i i now I, have you played the 3ds port I haven't. Okay. Uh, I know that I think they lost a few characters in the port. Yeah, my understanding is that it's not as good. I was just I wanted to ask you if you had any experience with it cuz my understanding is that Diddy Kong Racing DS is not not as good. Um but I I, I don't know. I haven't played it so I can't say for sure. I just was curious. But it's again like the only time Nintendo has acknowledged this game since it came out. Yeah. Well, I'm sure the fact that now Rare owns them, that like this is one of those fuck. This is one of those games that's unfortunately just stuck in fucking limbo. The only difference is that like like when you look at Rare games, a couple of Rare games that we like, we're never gonna see GoldenEye 007 again. There's way too many licensing things there. We're never yeah, gonna get that game back. What? Although you never know, you like, never know. No, but I, I would like that would shock me if that game made another comeback. Whereas, like, if it made it to like Nintendo Online, I bet like with like, I wouldn't be surprised if by the time the next time a James Bond movie is coming out, they would like re-release that. Maybe, but the thing is, is like but when then you they look need at, to get cooperation with Rare and Nintendo, and which is a lot of people in the same room, and whoever, yeah, who plus like I assume they've got to pay for like the GoldenEye license again to re-release it and all that, like the James Bond license and all that shit. And well, and that what makes it more complicated is you would then have to get the likeness of uh, 
Pierce Brosnan again. Yeah, exactly. So like, I don't think, plus you got to remember, listen, I, I love golden. I have as fond of memories of playing golden. as all of you do. Perfect. Dark is a su- superior game to golden. in practically every way. And they own gold. They own like perfect. Dark's available on Xbox right now. And like, and that's where I, I wanted perfect to go. Dark is also coming to Nintendo online. Isn't it? Yeah, I believe it is. And that's where I wanted to go with this was like, the Banjo Kazooie games are gonna end up on Nintendo Online. Perfect Dark uh, is. That's, I am so excited about that. Yeah, Perfect Dark is gonna end up on Nintendo Online, and it's like Perfect Dark and the Banjo Kazooie games and Conker's Bad Fur Day—they're all playable right now on Xbox if you want to, because Xbox owns Rare and Rare owns those games. Diddy Kong yeah, Racing, exactly. Diddy Kong Racing like, is the one. It's the one that's stuck because it's like Rare made it. Microsoft owns Rare, but Nintendo owns the main character. And it's like this might finally, if we're ever going to get this game back, this is it right now. It's going to be it gets up on Nintendo Online. And I would be shocked if it doesn't. And I think it'd be fucking awesome if it does because I want to play the goddamn multiplayer. And online, I have friends. So... <laughs> that sounds so and sad. I love Nintendo. Like I, I again, I, there's a lot that can be debated about, like the price and like how and like how much you actually get for Nintendo Online. But I do love that I'm able to play games like this with friends without having to leave my house. Me too. Yeah, fucking Just awesome. Being like, hey, do you want to do like, do you want to go play like some fucking Mario Kart for Super Nintendo? Yeah, fuck yeah, I do. Yeah. Or do you want to play Super Mario Brothers together? Yeah, like. Yeah, this game would be so at home on that Nintendo Online. So at home. And yeah, and like the one thing I didn't mention was like my dad was never a huge gamer, but this was the one game that he used to play with us. And now like as adult, like my parents play a lot more now and we play Mario Kart all the time and like mario golf but like i would love to like because my dad used to waste me at this game all the time i'd love to be able to be like hey dad do you want to play diddy kong racing this afternoon and just work them <laughs> yeah, love just it. fucking be like and just come back and like practice really hard and just fucking it, embarrass an old man yeah man just what a game like i'm looking at the reviews from it from like back in the day and like 89 88 90 9 out of 10 9 out of 10 84 8 out of 10 the only site to give it a bad score is GameSpot gave it a six and a half out of 10 and i really? i gotta like that floors me like i how on earth is like so like and that's how i was gonna lead into scoring this game like i don't want to score it out of 10 but like six and a half out of 10 is fucking insane like that's fucking insane that's insulting yeah it is insulting so i was thinking there's 47 gold balloons in the main campaign and i just finished it that's how i know that so if you were going to score this game out of 47, what would you score Diddy Kong Racing, Mark? I'm going to give it a 42, taking a few points off for how awkward some of the, like, particularly the hovercraft, but, like, some of the courses will, like, fuck with you a little bit. Yeah, there's a couple where, like, I found myself looking at the map in the corner because going into the turns, like, this game almost moves so fast that they're, like, you have to know the track. And so it was like, okay, I know I need to do a hairpin turn to the left to get around this. Cause you can't tell just by looking at it. Like I found that yeah, on a there's couple sometimes of times when it's not totally clear where you're supposed to go. Yeah. But yeah, I so like a few points taken off for that, but yeah. uh, otherwise this is like a near flawless game. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to give it like a, a 44, which is like a nine out of 10, like 44 out of 47. I thought this game was, uh, you're all right. All like, there's been a couple of games where you guys have hyped them up and hyped them up and hyped them up, and then I've played them and I've been like, ah, oh, that was that was okay. And then there's been games like Star Wars: Knights of the Old Republic, which became one of my favorite RPGs ever when I finally played it. And Bully. I still have never played that game. Oh, it's so good. 
And Bully... I, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. Yeah, you should play it, Mark. Would obviously love it. Play it. Never got around to it. It's on Xbox for like five bucks. So good. Uh, Bully on the PlayStation 2 became one of my favorite PlayStation 2 games when I finally got around to play it. And you were all right about this. When I do eventually do a top 10 Nintendo 64 games of all time, this one's at such a huge disadvantage because it's competing with the wrestling games and Mario Kart and GoldenEye and games that I, I grew up as a 12, 13, 14-year-old just playing like crazy. But I don't see how I do a list of my 10 favorite 64 games and don't put Diddy Kong Racing on it. This game is so fucking good uh it's so good and like be- beyond all that like beyond all the polish it was fun that's there was yeah. very rarely a time when the game wasn't fun there yeah like honestly like i had enough material to review this game after getting about 30 balloons like i could have done a review and just been done but i was just having so much fun playing it that i was like no i'm gonna i'm gonna 100 this bad boy like, I'm not interested in doing all the time trial races because I've been told that they're fucking excruciating. And then but it, you could unlock a secret final last character. Yeah, but it said fucking... I don't trust clocks with faces. Okay, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, well, I think the character's name is TikTok. Yeah, fuck that. And then I had read that Adventure yeah, 2... TikTok. I had read that Adventure 2 is basically just all the tracks in mirror mode. And I hate mirror modes. So I was like, no, I'm just going to... I usually hate mirror modes too. I remember getting into them again because it was like the game that we had for yeah. however many months. If I didn't have the backlog sitting in front of me that I do right now, I probably would play through Adventure 2 mode. Because like when I was done playing this and I beat the pig for the second time and I had all the balloons, I was like, I wasn't done. Like if there had been more tracks, I would have kept going. I was having so much fun. This game is just... Uh, remember the game Seal of Approval. Fucking... This game is outstanding. So... Thank you to every single one of you that suggested it, voted for it. And uh, you know what, Mark? Thank you for taking time out of your Sunday afternoon to talk about a fuck. What a, what a fucking video game. God, I love this game. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, buddy. I'm super glad. Yeah, I'm super glad I could talk about this game. What a yeah, you dude, you were on me too. I posted the title screen picture that I was going to be playing it. And within like a minute, I had a message from you being like, I'm on that one. And it was like, it was right. like, dip. Can yeah. I call dibs on that? <laughs> yeah, I hadn't even. All I've done is enter my name, and it was HGU for Hoju, <laughs> and you were already like, "We're playing," and I'm like, "Yeah, we're playing," uh, or we're talking yeah. about it, buddy. That was good shit, man. Thanks for doing this, dude. Thanks for having me. As always, pleasure. that's going to do it for this week's episode. Mark, thank you so much for giving me a call and talking some Diddy Kong racing and to every single one of you that are listening to this episode, whether it's your first or your 171st. Thank you so much for giving Remember the Game a chance. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, I hope that this episode didn't suck. I hope you like, I hope you like the show. And if you did, I, I don't bring this up often enough. Leave us a good review, would you? On like iTunes or whatever, if you're on a platform that has reviews, I read them. Sometimes I share them online and apparently they help us. I don't know what they do, but apparently they help us with our standing. So leave us a good review. We didn't hate it. And uh, holy fuck, thank you to everyone that voted for Diddy Kong Racing. This was one of those, 
I'll be honest with you, two games that have always stood out to me on my gaming resume as holes that I have to get around to playing were Diddy Kong Racing and Castlevania Symphony of the Night. I haven't got around to Castlevania yet, but I'm done Diddy Kong Racing, and I'm I'm happy to say that it lived up to the hype. This game was so motherfucking good. I'll go back to it. I'm praying we get it on Nintendo Switch Online, and I think we're going to. We're getting Banjo-Kazooie. I think we're getting Diddy Kong Racing. That would be fucking excellent. Uh, in the meantime, if you've not played it, you can try it on the 3DS. I don't know how good that, that version handles. Or if you've got a Nintendo 64, track it down that way. It was my first time using a 64 controller in decades, and it actually felt not bad. This game, fuck what a great game this was. Um, that's going to do it. Thanks again, everybody. I'll be back tomorrow with Expansion Pass. I'll be back on Friday with Game Patch for all of our Patreons. Uh, if you're interested in signing up, November 1st is a great time to give us a chance because our Patreon poll for the month will be live and you have an entire month before you're going to get charged again. So I'd say if you're interested in those extra episodes, just give it a couple of days. Wait till November 1st, then sign up and then enjoy the smorgasbord of extra podcasts. All right. Thanks, everybody. I'm going to get out of here. I'll talk to you all again soon. Yeah, I got nothing else to plug. Thanks, everyone. Cheers. Goodbye. Remember the Game is brought to you by our Patreons. I could not produce all the content I churn out every week without your generosity and support. So I would like to thank everyone that has supported us at patreon.com slash rememberthegame. So a huge thank you to... Dave, Makeshift Money, Todd, Joe Buck, Ben Drinkin, Sharonic, Andre, Stupid Monkey, Tyler, Michael Mathis, Fake McHugh, Joshua Shenfield, Jeffrey Mathis, Shaylee Keys in his Stupid Arrow Handle, Christopher Sumner, James Clark, King Bahamut, Sean Razine, Dave McGee, DNA Gaming, Joe Gillespie, Nathan Warzica, Ashley Cronenbitter, Ben Bullia, Slick Rick, Doug Dorn, Chris Fleury, Charlie Madero, Scott V, Rex Sheldon, Sheldon Andrew Wright, Gary C, Divalk, Luca Rezkignik, Luca, Kate Roberts, this is gonna be a long fucking shout out. They call me Badger, Joe Mack, Desert Tortoise, Jordan Do, How, Kevin Hufford, Jason Cortez, The Good Enough Gamer, Fraser Burns, Brian McKay, Alex Martinez, April Sane, Nick Sills, Vladstein, Kyle Paul, Mark 209, Lil Bunny Fufu 89, Matt Brown, Ben Busha, Angry Ticks, Aaron Cuphall, Dan T, Dave Thompson, No One Cares, Mackenzie Wheeler, Brandon O'Brien, Chris Campbell, Chuck Schlarp, Wyman Brooks, Chris, Scott Brooks, Leon K, Adamo Shirello, Dario Omen, Stitch, Aaron Lawson, Miklos Blackshaw, The T-Word, Michael Hegg, Mr. Nick, Matt McLean, Brian Ransom, Miles from BringBackRetro.com, White Burrow, Chris Knife 007, Nathan Tremblay, Mark Jones, A-Town, Andre SJA Flash, Brian Medeiros, Tom Kite, Danny Vega, David Ray, Geek Life Radio, Morgan, Ryan Yeager, John Quack, Zane Donovan, Adam J, S2S, Jer Bear, Arpad Botos, Ryan Kinchin, Tommy Reynolds, Defunct, Mike Maloney, Christopher Russell, Ryan Bayshore, X Water, Vincent L, Very Cool Dude, Jay Clutch, Starl Probin, Tim Riel, The Giraffe, Jared, PB McFadden, G9PSX, Tim L, Dominic S. Thompson, Martin Greenwood, David Schnatterer, Wolverine Films, Peeb, Silver Grunion, Mr. Satan, Raging Demon, Poops Loomis, 8-Bit Bovey, Pat Duddy, MPG in Buffalo, James Anderson, Amy Gillen, Dana Wucherall, That One Kid Nick, Potato Bob Guy, Mad Shibs, Mercury869, Derek Jane, Rodrigo Tamazi, Kelly, Pie Messiah, The Honest Pokemon Trainer, 
Bracken Newcomb, Zoo Troy, Mfelf, a novel console, Kfabe5150, Example Text, AJ Jones, JB Retromania, Ferdy Martinez, Troy Zuniuk. Brandon Hine, Boognish, Wolfgang Darren, Lunch, Ninja Lunchbox 79, Mr. Me Seeks 0406, Derpamus Prime, Seriously Ron P, Sam Wright, Retro Bismol, Andy Hudson, John Byrne 86, Paul Buller, Joshua Davis, Stefan Fukasawa, Thor the Hammer, Kinslayer, Rogue Agent, Jafar McJr, McMegaman 2 OG, Good A, Goth C, Dane, Aaron Baker, Lord Finish, K Jam, Electronics Emotions Program, Chris Coplin, Spencer C. Weiss, Mandingo 2021, Cody Poland, JMC, Logan Hale, Doogie, Matt McLean, Pizza Power, Super Nintendo Dudes, Nathan Freak, Mike Burks, Trevor Seven Oaks, Ryan McCowan, Kerry Waka Waka, Fob, Paul Zoe, Wolf Magic 21. There's still 200 of these. Johnny CCDC, Joe LeBlanc, Raul Aguiar, I worked at Subway, David Phillips, Corey Street, Gary Heather, Carmichael Nicholas, Squints, John DeShazo, Tent Sparkster, Omega 88, Swedish Fish, Nathaniel Shelley, Explode Processing, Tim Chombo, Chowdy Laudy, jo- Joseph Gonzalez, Dan Wagner, Daniel McKee, Candido, K Cuz, Guest House Productions, Bones 02, S2 Vaughn 5000, Titan 420, Jose E. Marco, Seth Mayfield, Tom Calvert, Chris Freeman, Scarlet, Zonko 504, Lee Sparks, A Sharp J, Oprah's Iron Fist, Tom Maya, Adam Ferrer, Russell Aldridge, Chris Dory, Classic Crusade, Big G, Astral Soul, Shannon Willis, Scott Roseberry, Karth from Kotor, Sean Radford, Chance McCoy, Josh Valentini, Ham and Egger, Ronnie Sachs, PK, Jeff Bergeron, Ian Watts, Dale Baker, Joe Kirby, Captain N, Owen the Game Furchuck, Super Dave, Plucky Beast, Matthew Day, Broken Spoilers, Harmonies David, Game Nomad Misi, Tristan, Jerry Robinson, Emily Luna, Kenneth Michael Brown, Leigh Evans, Daniel Stidham, Darth Obvious, Master Boyg, Leon Nabskog, Trapper Keeper 1000, Daniel, Astro Alpica, Rob Strothman, Ryan Groinus, Kaiser Dragon, Pee Pee Poo Poo Cuckoo Pants, Kyle Dodd, Jared Boschlin, Stu Bergerick, Eden Awaits 1981, Tunable Power, Borrow, The Grey Bearded One, Dan Taylor, Swanee, Hayes 87, Lukey Mill, Mole, Look, fuck me, there's still a hundred of these. It's so, it's easy until I lose my train of, the second my brain thinks about anything, I'm fucked. As long as all I do is just blindly read the names off the spreadsheet, we've made it. We got 107 to go, let's go. It's like the pokey rap. Danny Proudfoot, John Woodruff, Angel Cortez, Dusty Salad, Chris Meisner, Randy Barrage, Neo Nevis, Andy Spilling, Brian Spritzer, Michael Clark, Chalupa Cabra, Thomas Simmons, Sean Byron, Rocker Dude, Saskatchewan River Pirate, What Great Gaming, Mikey NL83, I Am the Mutt, Juga, Sony Kid Magazine, Brian Sherborne, Joseph Champetti, Just a Fish, Adam Stank, Bagalazino, Noob Q, Beth, Rob Kinsley, Benny MB, Vomit the Soul, Strife 89, Thermopolis, oh, fucking email just popped up on my computer and that distracted me, Thermopolis, Paul Rutkowski, Liam, Micah Veal, Chris Daniels, Gareth Dunn, Matt Denzalo, Spicy Mortician, King Kizarro 64, Davey Boy, Michael Bayshore, e- Eric Chevinius, Holmes, Ryan Gibbons, Dan S, Adam Goldstein, Vigil the Butch, Austin Uricetti, Nemo Sandoval, Matthew Centrone, Hostel Badger, Zach Shepard, Stefan, Ballsack, Teabagger, 
<laughs> Black Silver, Billy Mumphrey's Downfall, Rico Argentieri, Brian W, Chris Dickin, Jungle Dumpster, Jay Hampton, Rage Mo, Thomas G, Man A Few Words, Hans Gruber, Dylan Flora, Jackson M, Joseph Oblivion, Craig Sutherland, Rob Serino, Matthew D'Amico, Dajao1k1t, John Colossi, Quest, Gregory Harvey, Stephen Lewis, Yankee Doodle Randy, Bobo, Clayton Robertson, Jason Sika, Andrew Lohus, Darth Yako, Alan M, Backdraft Delta, Frosty Feet 492, Scott A. Baker, Britt O'Neill, Riley Jones, Justin Lemieux, Michael Spiro, Jonathan Graham, Brady Wolf, Micah, Mecca Robo Hamster, Navigant, which I know I fucked up, Michael Phillips, Brandon Griffiths, Stefan Rusher, 1.21 gigawatts, Thomas Cheney, Hulk Hogan's brother, Chris Larkin, Evan O'Byrne, or Brian, fuck, Clinton Smith, the Mustard Tiger, and Chris Cantrell. Holy shit. Seven minutes. Have you made it to the end of this? You're a beast. Thank you all so much for the support. I really appreciate it. And if you signed up in October and didn't get in that shout out, I only record it once a month. So I'll record it again at the beginning of November. But you'll thank you. Thank you all so much. You guys are the best. Holy cow. I'm going to go drink some water. I'll talk to you again soon. Cheers.